we're recording. Here it is, episode one of Ross Noble Podcast. See the way I didn't put, I didn't put the, it's just Ross Noble Podcast. I'm joined by Ed Cavley. Great to be here, Ross, for Ross Noble Podcast. It's like the band Eagles. The band is not called The Eagles. The band is called Eagles. Yes, uh, same with the band uh, Eels. <laughs> do, you know, do you know Eels? I don't. You know, God damn right, it's a beautiful day. Uh-huh. Do, yeah, do, do. What I like about Eels, I went to see them live. Um, Mark uh, Oliver Everett, who's the uh, the lead singer, um, his father created the theory of uh, multiple universes. Yeah, that's what I want. And and when I went to see them, they played uh, they played a whole uh, documentary about his dad before the gig started. What do you mean? Like no support act, just a doco? No support act, literally a documentary about his father inventing, uh, yeah, multiple multiple universe theory. And then, uh, yeah, that was How'd it go uh, down? surprisingly well. Because people, they're one of those bands as well that um, they'll so often not come back on for an encore. And then when they, you'll sort of, so they won't come back on for an encore. And then like an hour later, they'll come back out and do a couple of numbers and so what happens is, is that whenever an Eels gig finishes, people are like hanging around, not wanting to leave the building because sometimes they'll go on the tour bus and they'll come back on and play for 20 people wearing pajamas. Wow, so they'll go for, so far as to go onto the bus. So they'll give it the full Elvis has left the building treatment yeah. and sit on the bus like giving each other yeah. a look. <laughs> or they get on there and they go, oh, crap, we forgot to do the, forgot to do the encore. So you should do that. You should finish your gig. Wander off, see who's still around, then come back out and do four hours. Well, I, d- I did it once where I was doing a small pub gig in Bristol and uh, I got to the end of the set and the, the landlord went, I came off and the audience were like, more like that. And they went, you're not going back on to do any more because we've got to close because of the licensing laws. That's it. Everyone has to be out because of the neighbours. They have to be out of the venue uh, by 11 o'clock or whatever it was, half 11. And we've already pushed it. So I said, all right, I'll finish the gig outside. So I said, anyone that wants to, you know, wants a bit more, I'll do it there. So I walk out and they'd formed a horseshoe around the thing, around the door. And I went, uh, so I did a bit. And there's people walking their dogs past. Just like, what? What's going on here? People just laughing at a man in the street. And I went, oh, and that's all for me. Thank you very much. Good night. And I turned around and had the clicker to me car. And I went, bleep, like that. And the doors went, bleep. And I walked across, and I got in my car, and I drove off down the street. But you'd think it would be cool, but it was a dead end. So <laughs> I turned the car around, and then every, and I thought, I'll just sit here till everyone's dispersed. But then there was a little cut-through bit at the bottom that cars couldn't get through. And all the audience were walking through there, watching me sitting in the car, going, you have to go out that way. Coolest Moment of my life just completely ruined. That was the days before sat-nav, you know? So what are you going to do? So anyone joining us for the first time? I mean, this is officially episode one, isn't it? Yeah, we did a we did a 35-minute teaser of what was to come. That's gone big, too. Oh, I said a screenshot of you uh, in the film clip when you're 14 years old as a juggler. Yep. I just sent the screenshot to Tony Martin. I said, who do you think yep. this is? <laughs> he sent back, Noble, it's in the eyes. Ah, it's in the eyes. Noble, noble and serial killers. Okay, two. now we've got to do a first thing first, Rossi. We've already got something what? to follow up on. Remember, oh, yeah. we said that we would, after we put that clip out on YouTube and, uh, yes. on, sorry, and on, sorry, on Instagram 
and see how many more uh, views we can get for thinking aloud. Oh, yeah. Thinking aloud is a thinking aloud. (laughs) Yeah. How many more views? So it was on 7,000 last time when we first did our zero episode. So let's see what our power combined is thus far. Jay, how many is it at at the moment? 8,100. Huge. Huge. Companies, if you're listening, if you want to get some of that sweet, sweet 1,100 personage to click forward, this is the place to advertise. Oh, yeah. Wow. Real power, Ross Noble. What I was hoping was is that eventually this podcast would be able to put it to number one. In the, the hit parade. A very odd thing here. A uh, Celtic metal song from 1993 is Blitz, Ariana Grande, and uh, is currently sitting atop the pops. Well, that's what happened in the Sunderland doco. You know I love my soccer slash football. Was it Sunderland Till I Die? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know that the, the song at the start of it, On the river where you hills to tell the boat. That was gunning for the number one uh, Spot at Christmas, really? which is a big deal in the UK, is it not? To have a yeah, Christmas number deal. one. I mean, Love Actually yeah. was sort of based around that sort of premise. Yeah, didn't quite make it, but yeah, had a had a run, had a run, Rossi. What? Just a song about the weir. Yeah, bro. Wow. Of course, the I think my favourite weir side based song would be the uh, the folk song, the Lampton Worm. Do you know that one? I think that's most people's. One Sunday morning, Lampton went to fishing in the weir. He caught a fish upon his hook. He thought it looked very queer, but what a kind of fish it was, young Lampton couldn't tell. He wasn't fussed to take it. Yum, so he hoid it doing the well. Oh, wish lads had your gobs. I'll tell you all an awful story. Wish lads had your gobs. I'll tell you about the warm. Yeah, yes. you have promised us on Ross Noble podcast that we will yeah. be looking at two uh, different video slash film oh. clips, one old and one new, and discussing yep. them through uh, the eyes of some various categories and see if yep. we can't come to a consensus because you and I both share a love of video clips. Exactly. It's exactly what we're doing. We're going to be doing uh, the weekend. Oh, actually, now you can't mention it. There's a, there's a beautiful link there because you mentioned the, how much Christmas number ones are... Uh, are much uh, prized in the UK. Well, what about Cliff Richard, who is uh, our second uh, our second video we're going to look at? I think he holds the record for the most number of Christmas number ones. Uh, let's see. As an Australian, do you um, do you know any of Cliff Richard's Christmas? Songs? Chris, no, were they Christmas based songs? Yeah, actual Christmas songs. Oh, I did. I had, and I probably heard one, but don't remember. The classic them. mistletoe and wine. Do you know that one? No. Christmas time, mistletoe and wine, children singing Christian rhyme, logs on the fire. Gifts on the tree, time to rejoice in the joy that we see. That was his big one. And there was another one, which was, um, what was it called? Was it called the Millennium Prayer? And it was him singing the Lord's Prayer to the tune of, what was it? It was the Lord's Prayer to the tune of the Old Lang Syne. By the way, anything you said at the end of that was going to be great. Cliff Richard singing the Lord's Prayer to the tune of, who let the dogs out is fun. Anything you said. <laughs> the Millennium Prayer. Here we go, my it. friend. What's the tune is Yeah, it's old Lang Syne, isn't it? It's old Lang Syne. It? You're right. Is it? It's a mashup. It's a mashup. This was number... One. Number that's one. That's tough. Wow. Yeah, that's tough. What wow. year was that? That It'd is be 99 tough. going into 2000, I'm guessing. In the title, in it. 
Yeah, yeah, it's horse. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't eighteen ninety nine into nineteen hundred, was it? <laughs> always the always a giveaway. There's a beautiful scene in that film, fighting with my family. Oh yeah, directed by Stephen Merchant, and when they have the fight in the pub, if you listen in the background, they're playing mistletoe and wine. And it's really funny. It's just like this song of love and hope and they're just fighting each other. So, yeah. Let's crack on. So, we're going to start with, uh, are we starting with the new song, Blinding Lights? Here it is. This is the song, if you haven't heard it. It's a great current song uh, by The Weeknd. Yeah. Kicks in. Kicks in. And it's got that. It's driving. Great song. Uh, Currently on my gym playlist. So that's always a good time. It? Yeah, that's now, always what, a good time what, for a song. Now, what would you be uh, when when you say a gym when you say a gym playlist? What sort of things would you be would you be cardio into this, or would you be uh, would you be li- lifting? What would you be lifting heavy because the ding 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 ding. Yeah, really. See that that seems to me to be like that would suggest repetitive you know like you'd be lift 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 down lift up down up, yeah you're down, right it could up, be more down. you're right it could be more of a, a high you're right actually yeah you maybe you're right but i but for, for me that just the, uh, the general vibe is getting me up do you know what i mean i'm up uh, and about uh, up uh, and about uh, that's on that's on a heavy repeat that one that's really in the it's in the, it's on the list but that's but then i've also got one at the end now where i where at the end of the session i like to have something um relaxing just to stretch to and right. when you're stretching, a cha- I, this is a genuine challenge, Ross. I challenge people to find a better song to stretch to than Enya, Echoes of Rain. Wow. You know what? As you said that, I was about to say Enya's Orinoco Flow. That, see, and, and Orinoco it's Flow, a- which is an unbelievable song, it's just a little bit too much of a fire up. Here we go, Echoes of Rain. Ah. Here we go. Oh, let's it. The strings, the strings suggest stretching, they don't, don't they? they? These are my, like your hamstrings. Yeah. <laughs> it's impossible to listen to Enya without having both hands above your head and swaying left to right. It's impossible. Yeah. Is this a home gym? Is this a personal yeah, yeah, gym? Yeah, or no, is this... no, no, oh, it's, in the, it's in the garage. Oh, um, that's fine then. You don't yeah. want to be uh, hands in the air. In a in a public in a public gym. That's where you and I differ. You just go for it. Couldn't care less. In fact, when, the, um, when we were doing the promo for Dancing with the Stars, I was doing sort of hands in the air, Jesus reign over me at the end of every single shot. Got a couple of taps on the shoulder. Everyone else so, was having a good time. <laughs> you look like you're at a tent revival. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to make a note of this. I think we should, uh, and maybe people could contact us on the on the socials as well. Uh, we should. Um, we should add a, like a song uh, for people who are doing the gym works, right? But also, if you're doing other things, because sometimes people listen to uh, they listen to the podcast when they're doing like uh, training for the long distance running. Yes, you know, get them in your legs. So we will do long cardio ones and one rep max. So we only do things that either take four hours or one rep. We don't do anything yes. in between. That's our exactly. that's our point of difference. Exactly. Exactly. And in fact, every now and again, every now and again, for people who are doing the long distance run, we'll go, keep going. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. No, no, that, that pain is that pain is uh is failure leaving your body. <laughs> yeah. That's what pain is. Exactly. 
All right, to the matter at hand. Right. The first song today is, of course, "Blinding Lights" uh, by yep. the uh, by the by the weekend Theodore Weekend Theodore, which we've <laughs> which we've already established. <laughs> he calls himself the the just. As it makes a, it so much easier for people, doesn't yeah. it? Theodore is just so uh, is just so not. But he's but he's done a lovely song, hasn't he? He's done a lovely song. Call uh, called a blinding light. So it's uh, released in 2019, but it's been very much uh, a popular song around uh, the world. It is uh, described as a synth wave, a new synth wave, synth pop, electro pop uh, song. Of course, I think there's too many synths, too many electros. They've doubled up the electro. A synth pop, electro, electro pop. That's what they're going with. Uh, it was, of course, re- it was recorded in uh, Los Angeles and New York. And the film clip, the video clip that we are going to be, it was number one in 32 countries. So it is a certified hit. It was also number one in the United States. So it's a monster hit. This is probably one of his most successful singles. Now, Ross, the film clip uh, centers around the weekend, late at night in Los Angeles. And anyway, he was required reading, but it's just sort of the vibe of it. And he's got a, it's his current look, which is this sort of red jacket, Bit lounge yep. singery, that type of thing, but with sunglasses. And you described it very well the other day, as the whole video has the vibe of like a touch of leave, leaving Las Vegas. Did I say it's got a, it's got a touch of that about it? Yeah, absolutely right. And, and also a little bit of miscongeniality too. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that was what I was. Thinking. Which aspect? <laughs> Mainly the Las Vegas element. Have I got that right? I'm sure it's miscongeniality too, which is very. I think it's very heavily Vegas based. I don't know how she stayed undercover. Anyway, but that's a topic for another day. Yeah. Um, there now, which topic, which of our categories would you like to start with first? Well, I, I thought we could sort of uh, um, should we have a look at, at like what's it actually about? What is the yes, what, please. Let's, let's have a look at what what is the story? Yeah. And and also let's see if that ties into what's the uh, you know what is the, the the moral of that story? I think that's so. The so, opening I mean, image, of course, is him grinning. Uh, into the camera, Joker style, while his 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 sunglasses are off, and he's obviously been in a fight or he's been damaged in some way, and there's blood pouring down his teeth as he grins maniacally. Yeah, I mean that that's it. I mean it's a it's a sassy start, isn't it? I mean it's. A, I mean, I mean the thing is, is that when I initially saw it, I thought there he is, he's grinning. There's all teeth. There's all blood running down his teeth. Now I think that it, what was clever, the clever touch that uh, Theodore's done there is he's given himself a, he's got a scar on his nose. He does. Now I, th- I think that's important because when you look at that, you go, ah, he's been hit in the face. The nose is involved because if it wasn't for that, you would think that he might have um, gingivitis. Yeah, no, that's. I mean, I did have a gingivitis. But I thought, oh, this will be a gingivitis you know, based song. Yeah. And then, then when it kept going, I thought, no, hang on, I think it might be punched with sunglasses on. It could be yeah. option two here. Yeah, because that's, uh, you know, at first I thought, oh, this is about, um, this is like, like a, a, a like a, a dental thing, you know? Like, I thought the whole, the whole, because obviously when you go to the dentist, the first thing the dentist does, you sit down, they put that big light, don't they? A blinding light in your face, you see? And I thought so what Theodore's done there is this, it's going to, you see him at first and you think, oh, hang on, he's been involved in some sort of street, ruffians have beaten him up but actually the reveal at the end is going to be that actually he hasn't been properly flossing his gums have built up you know you see what i mean one thing there isn't an ab there's an absence of in this uh film clip is product placement there is a car Mm. that he's spinning around in late night in los angeles um that gets a few sort of shots but it's not like 
in the 90s James Bonds where Pierce Brosnan could do so little stunt work that they basically had to film the badge of a BMW and work backwards from that in order to get a film. So they yeah. would, they, you know, the, he, he, there's not, you know what I mean? Like it's not heavy on the, this is the crazy car I'm driving around in, in the blinding lights. Because I know it's, there's a lot of, lot of music videos nowadays, they gratuitously put the headphones, the beats are always in there. Uh, I think that could be uh, another category to put in there. Um, what what product? Most gratuitous. What product could could you gratuitously put in? You've already done it straight away with your opener, haven't you? You, you got floss. Floss would would work beautifully there. Uh, cotton wool uh, would. Um, yeah, what else would be? Uh, Wash away some of that blood with oral beat. Yeah, yeah, the Listerine. Listerine. Oh, Listerine. If he had a swig of Listerine at the start. <laughs> just swilled and chucked. Swilled and chucked like that. And then like, uh, and then a voiceover at the very end, you have the whole thing. And if you go, if you've got a big weekend coming up, <laughs> drink Listerine. Now the story then goes on to him going to a lounge, a lounge singer, uh, which he seems to be involved in it with in some way, but because it's only him that's there. So it's just him and this sort of Twin Peaks-ish uh, club and a beautiful lounge yeah. singer singing sort of only to him. Intercut with him dancing in the middle of the night, in the middle of the street in Los Angeles. Yes. Now he, now here's the, I don't know if you know it's right, right at the very start, I, I made this little note, right? He's, uh, so you see him with his blood, right? Then he's, uh, he's sort of staggering around the street. He's sort of staggering about, oh, I've been punched. Oh, I can't f- can't find my toilet bag for me flossing that. He has a go at a pigeon. He does. He lurches that, towards yes. a pigeon. And, Ross, I had a question for you. As someone who's done what? some lurching um, yeah. uh, towards various sort of avian creatures, did yeah. it look imp- – was it improvised? Was it a planted pigeon or was it an improvised lurch at a pigeon that happened to wander across the scene, much like in the film – What's the one where there it is? Where in the film in uh, what's the film where the coyote is standing on the road and he looks at the coyote and the coyote oh Collateral when they filmed right. Collateral by uh, Michael Mann and they were filming around Los Angeles they were the only people yes. filming at three in the morning and the coyote did walk across the street and Tom Cruise did look at it and it was a bit of captured was this oh. a planned lurch pigeon or was it improv? Well, I mean, if it was a planned pigeon. That would mean they would have had to have got a like a trained they would like an actual trained homing pigeon, and and then you've sort you got to work back from there. Really, you've got to look at it. You got to uh, hello, it's Theodore here. Uh, is that the animal? Is that the animal? Oh, Good Theo. What, just, what, what in the mat? Tigers, yeah, the elephants. Now we've got no, a couple of new a jaguars. Bit out of my budget. Th- I'm thinking, I'm thinking of pigeons. Have you got any? Have you got any pigeons at all? What are you going to do with it? I'm going to sort of lunge at it. I'm gonna. Oh, I've got a lurching like, pigeon, but you couldn't. You, 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 oh, are you gonna lurch oh, or lunge? So, so what? You've got one little. You've got one that I can lurch, lunge at. No, the lunge ones are all out at the moment. But I've got a oh, lurcher. Okay. I've got a lurch recipient who's very good. Little, wonderful. If you lurch at him, he won't fly. He'll just do an awkward pigeon run out of shot. Right, and then, uh, and you could bring that to Las Vegas, and he'd be fine with uh, blood all over my face. I'd have to ask him, but I think he'd be okay with it. All right, yeah. Uh, can he? Uh, are you? Is he free on the thirteenth? Uh, oh, okay, okay. What's he doing? Okay, on the twelfth, uh, he's got. He's doing bold and beautiful. He's being lurched at there. Okay, right. on the eleventh, he's being lurched at. It's part of a Fast and the Furious sort of pre-shot where they sort of lurch around park cars. No, he's free. No, no, he could be there on the thirteenth. Okay, cool. 
How many? Yeah, I just think they'll want one. I think one. I think that, that that'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Um, he'll be there, and uh, yeah, he's only got one dietary requirement. He just likes uh, seed, basically. Brilliant. Great. We'll see you there. Okay. Yeah, I think that's that's how it went, probably. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad they made the effort. You know. No, no, no. It makes it, the video. It's at the 28 second mark, and it it stands out like a pigeon being lurched at, because even the camera moves like. And you can imagine afterwards they were like, "Do you see that pigeon? You see me lurch at it? You see me lurch at that pigeon?" <laughs> or, or did he spin round and go, "Did you get that? Did you get it? Did you? Did you, did seriously? Did you get that? Yep, see it all. Yep, see it all. We got it. Yeah, mate. Don't, don't even." Don't even worry about that. They were all high-fiving. I can't believe it. Do you know how much money we've saved on that st- on that, st- that stunt pigeon? Like, it's off the charts. I can't, I can't believe it. We can it. afford a good car now. You can drive around in a Mercedes. <laughs> we can save the pigeon budget. And then uh, and then somebody just puts their hand up at the back and goes, um, are we going to, uh, can we take it to the MTV Video Music Awards? <laughs> And they go, oh, that's gonna, there's gonna be, there's gonna be forms to fill. They in. get too wild, homing pigeons there. Uh, so then he sort of, then of course, Rossi, the the major, the middle part, the sort of major sort of act two is him, the cut between that he's playing with time is the idea that he's somehow yeah. been injured. We don't know how he's flying around Las Vegas and L.A. in this incredible car, and he's watching a lounge singer, and then he's we we know eventually well, he- we're going to find out that he's been hurt in some way. But but this is the other the, the so the the pigeon was the first thing that that struck me, but then where does this fall in the timeline of the of the? T- he's like a he's like a musical looper. That's oh, now like. we're talking. Yeah, he he, uh, he sort of he puts on a single leather glove. He slips the glove on and he sort of wiggle wiggles his fingers. Very reminiscent. There's two things that sprung to mind with this. The first one was. Uh, First one, obviously, your GSM. If the glove, you know, glove doesn't he, fit, you must acquit. Exactly. So that was that was ringing him out. And the other thing was uh, when uh, Luke Skywalker gets his gets his new hand. That is absolutely in their minds. Both of those things. So does that mean that uh, does that mean that after he gets beaten up, he somehow lost a hand, and that was him? Because he looks at the glove. He looks at it for ages, like what, like he's never seen a glove before. He's looking at it like. Oh my god! Look at this. Maybe that's <laughs> what it is. He's never seen a glove before. His whole childhood. I saw this thing. His whole his whole character is being is based on the like the mask. When he puts on the mask, he turns into a different person. When he puts on a single glove, he turns into a car driving, fight looking for maniac. That is very true. He really is staring at that glove. Now that to me, if I was to jump out and go meta, that's filler. Right. Okay. And they're like, we need some meaning here. We're we're a bit light on. We've got the pigeon, which was great. But yeah. we're going to need something else. You reckon you could stare at that glove? Yeah, I reckon I could probably stare at the glove a bit. I I reckon that Theodore has been a vegan his whole life. Whoa! He was brought he was brought up by vegans, right? He was uh, so he's you're always been a vegan. Never allowed meat when he was a kid. Got to his teenage years, and he went, "Oh yeah, I just I'm a vegan." He's never questioned it. And somebody's gone to him. They've gone, listen. I know you were at first. You didn't want the pigeon because it was like might be cruelty to animals, and he's got a taste for it. He's gone. You know what? I really enjoyed lurching at that pigeon. I've never lurched at an animal be- before, but but now I, th- I quite like it. And somebody's gone. Have you ever worn a leather glove? And he's <laughs> he's gone. What? He's just gone. What? I've, I, I, 
I don't, I've, I mean, I've had knitted mittens on before, but never, a, never a leather glove. And they said, look, just try, just put these on. And he's gone, can I just try one? Can I just, can I just, uh, just to see what it's like. And he slid his hand into that leather glove and he's gone, oh my God, the, the, the hide of a dead animal. It's so soft. It's like, a, it's like a second skin. And he just, oh, he just looks at it. He's like, and he just, there's that moment. So he's just, oh, I can't. I think that's. I think that might be what. What you're saying makes more sense, and there's a lot, and it's really helped with the blood on the mouth too, because that would set him off as someone who's, yeah. you know what I mean? Oh yes, yeah, that set him off as well. Right, right. So he's he's tasted his own blood, and he's gone. This is delicious. This is it. This is it. This is me. <laughs> Why have I not? Why have I not been eating animals my entire life? And he's gone. I don't want to just eat. I don't want to just eat an animal straight away. I'll just lurch at one. So he's lurched. He's gone, oh, I like that. I like the feeling that that gives me. Oh, now I'll try putting on a leather glove. Alive. <laughs> yeah. He's looking at it. And then he's gone, I got to see if there's, there's some sort of steakhouse open. He's jumped in that car. He's floored it. He's flying around. He's just, he's just looking for meat. That's why he's trying. He's That's why he's in meat. Vegas, because he knows the only place he can get meat is a 24-hour buffet. He yeah. knows. He knows 100%. that's where it could end up. Oh, that's. I think. I think it's it's co- it's coming together. All the- we're starting to untangle Theodore's ideas here because you got to remember that the second last shot is him after all the blood is off his mouth, i.e., he's drunk at all and he's happy as Larry. He's yeah. up on the overpass, absolutely chuffed with himself. He's just laughing, isn't he? He's laughing. I I like the idea that maybe he's just off the on the other side of the road. Is either his vegan parents over the other side of the road, and he's just laughing at them, going, "I can't believe that's the lifestyle you've chosen," or it's um, uh, a pickup truck full of lentils. Oh, that's fascinating. You see what I mean? And he's mocking them. He's just laughing. Yeah, yeah, going, yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. idiots. N- not anymore. Now this 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 brings us th- this then brings us to the uh, uh, my next question about um, the lounge said. The, the lounge singer lady, right? When he goes to see her, it's just him in the audience singing away, you know, enjoying the, uh, you know, we don't know what she's actually singing because she's not no, singing. She's not singing his song. It's not yeah. Blinding Lights she's singing, but and that's not playing in the club, so she's singing something else. Yeah. I like the idea it's a very badly attended karaoke bar and she's singing a very strained version of... Um, I will survive by Gloria. You know, there used to be people there, but she's put her name down 18 times in a row. She's essentially doing a a concert up there and people have slowly left. (laughs) Everyone's gone. Uh, Look, is this chick up? Is she up again? Is she? Ah, fuck. (laughs) He's wandered in. He's wandered in. Face covered in blood. He's gone, uh, do you do chicken wings? (laughs) Chicken wings? I don't care. (laughs) <laughs> no, I don't think that. I think she might be imaginary. Ah, yeah. I, I'm. I'm starting to question her. The her realism because the first thing, the thing that happens straight after him landing on the stage that he flies to is that that's when the dudes, the the goons, rock into the bar and start ah. beating him up. Yeah, because because she, she sort of Jedi mind controls him, which could could link to the to the hat. She sort of lifts him. She sort of points at him and lifts him out of the. And there's nothing worse than that. If you're in an audience and the performer, you know, if you're sort of on the stage and the performer turns around to uh, make you join in with the, put, hands the mic to you, he's probably thinking, 
I want to watch this, but you know, I don't, I don't want her to like hand the mic to me and she's gone. I'm going one step further. And lift you out your seat. Yeah, I mind trick you, which is always the problem when you, you know, as people would know, Rossi, if you go to a comedy gig, there are people who won't sit in the first couple of rows because they yeah. don't want to get picked on. But I, I love the idea that you would somehow rig up a, a, an invisible wire <laughs> at one of your gigs, right? And at some point in your show, someone, you know, a plant, right? You go, you, yeah. go, you do the same thing. You go, yeah, hey, you're having a little chat to someone. You go, actually, and give it the give it the hand, yeah. and they lift out of the audience and onto the stage. Can you imagine that? Yeah. That's, Dude, you should I, do uh, that. That would be amazing. Well, little harness, well, and they're up on the stage. Come on. Because <laughs> at, at my shows, there's like half the audience want to sit as far back as possible. The other half want to sit as close as possible. Yeah, and you can get up in your grill. And get yeah, up in, I, I've been at one of your shows where you didn't get a word in for the first couple of minutes. You you were <laughs> barely out on stage and be like, hey, Ross, hey, hey. it's like they just finished having a conversation in the car park and you got one foot. Anyway, Ross, uh, there we go. I feel right. Yeah, but, but what's fun is when you get two people in the front row, one of whom who wanted to sit at the back and the other one who sat down the front wearing a crazy hat going, hey, make me part of the show. And you can see that's, that's, uh, that's, there's tension there. Could it be that that singing lady, what about this just as an idea, could it be that she represents uh, meat and she... The siren call. And, and like, so he just wants, he just wants to try the meat. He has a chicken wing and, and that lifts him, it elevates him. And he goes towards the meat, and th- those two bouncers are his mum and dad. I mean, that makes the most sense, as as always. That makes the yeah. most sense. I, I have not. a quick technical question for you. Go on. Do you think they're his feet when he's dancing and when he's driving the car? Because if you've got Theodore, right? Let's say you've got Theodore yeah. for a limited amount of time. Would you waste yeah, yeah, time yeah. getting the feet shots and the pedal shots, or would you bring in someone else? That's good. Yeah, it's a good. Interesting question, that, because... There's long yeah. shots of someone dancing in his costume. But I wonder if he's brought in a... Like a dancing double for the feet. Does he want to do all this driving? There's a lot of driving in this. I think if you were allowed to drive really fast around city streets that have been specially closed off, you know? No, I think that it's it's late enough at night that maybe a little bit of it is, and I reckon they've sped it up. I don't reckon he's driving that fast because there's a couple oh. of key shots when you can see the background when he's doing some acting, and it's not right. moving that quick. Ah, okay. Although I'm... I'm probably absolutely wrong and they've done both of those things or as a as a uh is he when he's dancing is he dancing normally or has he got the singing lass to lift him up slightly only just a millimeter just just say two to three millimeters off the ground so rather than having to put the weight on his feet he's just he's just hovering there i mean i'd love to see the bit where she lifts him up I'd love to see him continue, get higher and higher, go out of a go out of a, a, a skylight, right? And there's the pigeon on the roof. All right, mate. Here's my question, right? If they did close off the streets, yeah. when we go to our second, uh, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I feel like that well, might have to be next episode. Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Oh God, look at that! Because we made a, an unofficial rule that we weren't allowed to go ten times the amount of time of the video. Well, I mean, we're You're almost right. at the end of it, but this is the thing: we're gonna. Ha- this is good though, because this gives people a chance to digest it and give us their own ideas. And yes, then we're going to exactly. come back to watch Cliff Richards Wired for Sound, which brilliantly, as you pick these first two, are so thematically linked 
throughout time that it's almost a perfect pairing 20 years later. The yes. Blinding Lights is almost a remake of Wired for Sound thematically. So everyone yeah. has to watch. It's fantastic. It's a fantastic opener because it tells us so much about where we are in film clips, in music, in veganism, all yeah. at once. And even the aspect ratio is enough to get me excited because <laughs> it's, yeah, the it setting, really, and it's also the oh. center of music, where where music was quite literally located in these times. Very so there's much so. so much, Rossi. So we're going to come back to that one in the next episode. Should, before we wrap it up, though, shall we just quickly say, uh, which is a very, which is the reason why I decided to do the main reason I decided to do this podcast, moths. What are we thinking? I did have a moth quickly, report. Yeah, I, 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 I had this on my mothometer, which is ten yeah. is very dangerous to moths, and zero yeah. is un- moths unaffected. Uh, yeah. I had this as a one because I believe it's so much shot outside with no studio right. lights that no moths would be drawn to it. And if you look closely, which I did, in the club yeah. scenes, the moths are not present. So for me, this on my moth meter, it's a one. How about what about you, Ross Noble? Well, well, I'm thinking Las Vegas. Obviously, Las Vegas. Surely that would have to be the center of the world. For oh, wow. a lot of moths in the desert flying into the city center, lights going off, lights going on. Yep. See what I mean? Like you'd have a you'd have an illuminated sign that side of the street. It flashes. Um uh, live buffet. Live buffet? Yeah, live buffet. Live buffet, you're gonna kill yeah. it. You kill it, you can eat it. <laughs> yeah. Live buffet. Have you never uh, have you been a vegan all your life? Try the live buffet, and then all the moths go. Oh, there's a sign over there, and they go to that side of the street, and then on on the other side of the street, it's flashing again. Come and see this woman performing to no people in a small ballroom, and they go, "Oh, leave that sign, go to that side." I think the level of moth confusion. I, I think that uh, you're right. Some of it takes place. Uh, some of it takes place on on the slightly darker streets. So I would say about a seven probably for moths. The last thing I'll throw at you is I did a bit of research on moths in Las Vegas. Did you? And it all depends on when this was shot because apparently high season for moths is the end of May or June. Now this film film clip came out uh, in sort of the end of last year, early this year. Must have been shot six to seven months before it. I believe they may have shot this right in the middle of Moth Town in Las Vegas. Yeah. So I'm that that bumps my moth meter up to a four because there would have been a lot of moths. Jay, is that according to your research? Jay, does that does that does that gel with your research? It does. I was also just reading about Thank the so moth apocalypse in yeah. 2015 in yeah. Las Vegas. Moth apocalypse. Yep. Yeah. Yep. A really bad Blumhouse film, but still well worth a look <laughs> on. What was the moth apocalypse? The moth apocalypse. They arrived unseasonably early in early <laughs> April, and they were large moths that just infiltrated the city of Las Vegas. Because you've got to remember wow. that, you know why they go there? Much like Mecca, Taj Mahal, uh, the Wailing Wall, any of any any cultural or religious place of significance for pilgrims, the moths yeah. travel to Las Vegas to be in literally the strongest beam of light in the world, which is at the Luxor, the beam that comes oh. out of the top of the Luxor. So it's quite literally the place that all moths need to visit once right. in their life. There we go. So, so we're saying high, high on the moth. Yeah, the moth meter now is, right. might be peaking, uh, much like the blinding lights themselves. Well, Ross, we have this is we could Done literally it. do this all day, 
But this is a lot of fun. Now, required reading for next week, of course, is to watch the film clip for Wired for Sound for Cliff Richard yep. from 1982, because that is what we will be discussing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> is that how you're going to end it? This is Ross Noble Podcast. <laughs> no, no, people know. They've been listening. You don't have to tell people. Well, send us your what is it? Uh, you send us your tweets. You can tweet me. You can tweet Ed. Uh, you send us, uh, or, or if people have suggestions for insane music videos that they want us to talk, give give us your uh, give us your recommendations. Now, I want to also open up a category for us, Rossi, that I've been researching which what? is called the writhing film clip. And that is the Ooh. type of film clip where it's based around the central star of the film clip in the middle and then a series of bodies writhing all over them because I've got some writhing questions that I need answered. I, I would say the top one at the moment would be uh, Halsey. Yeah, Halsey's getting a mad writhe. And then I thought that Halsey's getting a mad writhe at the moment. Harry Styles has got one called Turn the Lights On or something, which is another lights one, Writhe Central. And right. of course, uh, Kylie Minogue's slow. I can't. I think it's called slow. Um, that yeah. one was in Barcelona, and she, that was a that was a real ride fest as well. W- was it a, was it a ride? I thought it was more of a wriggle with people around her. Was there was there contact? Ross, thank you. <laughs> that is exactly why you're here. It is that level of detail. Because on closer be inspection, wrong. it was a proximity wriggle. It was like a socially yeah. distanced ride. You're absolutely yeah. right. It was a wriggle. It was a proximity wriggle, not a ride, which is different. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I'm glad we've <laughs> Alright, that is the end of the first episode uh, we, we will get to uh, Cliff Richards Wired for Sound On episode 2 Alright We take, did well, take... we got through one We did well Yeah, we got, yeah it's happened Alright, <laughs> goodbye everyone Bye